Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. We're just going to take a few moments to remember the Lord in communion this morning. So I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, we're going to take communion together or the Lord's Supper. But I think we need to remember to, in order to understand what we're doing. And it's said over and over again as Jesus and his disciples were gathering together. They said, Lord, where do you want us to prepare for you the Passover? And Jesus said, I want to do the Passover here. Tell him the master, the rabbi, the teacher wants to do Passover here. So in order to really understand what communion is all about, we need to understand that this was the first time they took it, a celebration of Passover. And Passover is a celebration of great victory. It's a celebration of miraculous uh, deliverance from uh, an enemy that looked like could never be defeated. It's a celebration of freedom. It's a celebration of going from poverty into prosperity. And I want to look at it this way and Look at it in a way that maybe some of us have never seen it before. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is the living Word of God. Now think about that. What does that mean that when we read the Bible, it's the living Word of God? Well, once again, we have to realize what God is saying in the Hebrew, that the Word of God is alive, and there could be a thousand people sitting, hearing a sermon, and God could be saying a thousand different things to those people that are hearing the same scripture because it's living. The other thing of it is, and I love this part, no matter how much we know about God's word, there's still more he wants to reveal to us. And especially in these end days, the Bible says, wisdom and knowledge is going to increase. So what I love that because my job is to study the Word of God and to find those mysteries in there, those revelations in there that will defeat the enemy in our lives to bring us victory, to bring us freedom. So let's look at the Word of God as we get ready to take communion and let's look at it maybe in a way that You've never seen it before. Read with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this remembering me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, 
This cup is the new covenant. And let me just throw this in. We all know it. It's not a new covenant. It's the same covenant that God had given the world through Abraham. The word is actually, I'm refreshing this. I'm making this covenant, covenant for all of you come alive again. This is, cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until it comes. In other words, when you do this, you're saying to everyone around, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ. You're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Strange teaching. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning or not understanding the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are sleeping. Now, what you have to understand is when Paul the Hebrew, the Jew, is saying this, he's saying this to people that understand something that most of us understand. Everything in the Word of God has a spiritual side and a physical side. Every teaching has a heavenly and an earthly. So when he says here, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep, he's talking about, and I'll explain it in a minute, that this is the reason why um, some of us aren't seeing the miracle. Some of us aren't seeing the breakthrough. But the spiritual side is because of this, and I'll explain it, many are spiritually weak and many spiritually are sick and many spiritually sitting in a pew have fallen asleep. Now, that doesn't mean when I'm preaching and you fall asleep that it relates to you. We were watching, I, I, it's probably bad to say this, Tiz and I were watching an old Eric Clapton show last night, a concert, and they're going by, and almost the whole crowd is old. <laughs> and there's a guy in the front, the front row going. <laughs> and I go, I know exactly how Eric feels. <laughs> it's okay, you can fall asleep once in a while. It's okay if I, my, I, my words are so soothing that it puts you into a sleep. Amen. But when you are, verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, disciplined by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the rest of the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, Wait for one another, tarry for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. Now that's a very strange teaching. And understand that it has many different applications, but let me give you, as I was studying this, and I was just reading it and preparing what God, as the living word, said to tell you this morning. 
when you look at this teaching, and remember the Passover teaching is a teaching of great blessing. The body of the Lord, the bread, the, uh, the, the wine, the grape juice. It's a great teaching of celebrating your future, celebrating your destiny. And I know that this is what God told me. This next year is going to be an amazing year. You know, Pharaoh may have come against you and Egypt may have come against you and uh, we may be gotten through the year, maybe you've gotten through the year on leeks and garlic, but when Israel left Egypt, Egypt was defeated, Pharaoh was defeated, and they left with all the silver and the gold. This is going to be a great year, amen? But when God speaks to Paul in Corinth, we need to understand kind of the history of Corinth. The history of Corinth, the church in Corinth, was that it was made up of some very rich people, but it was made up of a lot of very poor people also. And there was a tendency in the church of Corinth to have a division. Now, I'm saying this because this is not the case in our church. We are a church that really joins together. It's a church that uh, I'm so proud to be the pastor of. I'm so proud to be able to teach you. But this is a warning for not only now, but for the year. And he's saying, don't let any division come in amongst you. And I think this is a great word going into the new year for the whole body of Christ. I don't know uh, if, if, if it's okay to say this, but how many realize there are no Baptists going to heaven? Right? There are no Presbyterians going to heaven. There are no Lutherans going to heaven. There are no Catholics going to heaven. There are just children of God going to heaven. And, and I believe what we're going to see this next year amongst Christians is, you know, there's been such a division since, since almost the birth of Christianity. And when we see what's happening in the world and we see what's happening in, in Israel and we see uh, all these demonstrations of pro-Hamas and everything, I think what Satan meant for evil, God is going to use it for good. And there's going to become a great, a great unity that's taking place in the body of Christ. You know, we're a firm believer and we're a church that, that, that echoes this. I remember when we were in Portland and Bishop Jakes came and preached at our pastor's conference. And he told me, he said, Pastor Larry, you need to show your congregation. And I said, why? I, I didn't understand. He said, because you have black and white and brown. You have young and old. And he said, your congregations are always a symbol of unity. Whether we're white or black or brown, we are, as, as somebody said up here, I think it, uh, um, it was Bruno, we're, we're, a, we're a body jointly fit together. And I'm very proud of that, that when you look at our children and you look at our congregation, we are all different colors. We're all different ages. We're all different backgrounds. We're long hair and no hair. And that's a sign of unity. And God says, where there is unity, I will command my blessing there. But he warns us in this. He said, don't let anything bring disunity. And he shows this in a way that, uh, once again, is not in our church. We welcome and we love everybody. But he says something here. He says, before you judge your brother, 
and this is not in this church, but I know this is going on. We're, we're showing this live all over the world. He said, judge yourself. And there's a great teaching in that. And you could do a whole month in this. You know, I, I love the scripture where the Lord says, before you worry about the splinter in your brother's eye, take that telephone pole out of your own eye. You know, I love the scripture where the, Jesus said, the self-righteous man stands there and he stands before God and the, the, the sinner is on his knees beating his chest and asking God for mercy and the self-righteous man looks down at that drug addict or that prostitute or whoever it is came in off the streets and he says, I'm glad I'm not like other men. And the Lord says, and that man prayed to himself. And so this year, I believe, is going to be a great year of salvation for people, of all kinds of people coming in. And, and I love it that in this church, we never look at somebody because of where they're from, or we never look at somebody who's uh, 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 newer in the Lord and, uh, and still is uh, going through some, some things. And, and God says, when you look at your brother, make sure you don't judge your brother. As a matter of fact, just take a moment and judge yourself and uh, look at yourself and say, Lord, you can clean up my brother, you can clean up my, my sister, but is there something you need to clean up in me? But then he says something, he's, which is very strange. He said, I want you to tarry one for another. Tarry one for another. And then he couples that with, if any of you are hungry, eat at home. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, we're out of time, and I can't tell you. In the Corinthian church, there were rich people. There were poor people. And if you understand that there weren't church buildings then, they were meeting in the home. And the history of the Corinthian church was that the wealthier people, when they came to do the Lord's Supper, um, would m most of the time bring food along because it was a, like our life groups, it was a time of fellowship, it was a time of, uh, uh, of just getting together and, 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 and being with each other. And a lot of the richer people would bring food with them and the poorer people didn't have food. And so the richer people, and this is a strange thing, the richer people would try to get there early and eat the food so they wouldn't have to share it with the poor people. And he says, you know what? Wait for one another and share what you have. And when I was reading that, and you know, I've, I, I don't, you don't usually teach this kind of thing for communion, but I was looking at that and I was thinking, you know what? I'm so proud of this church and this ministry and not just us, but you know, we have a couple million partners all over the world and, uh, you do that. This year, this year, um, you gave over $2 million just for Israel. You did it. You did that. Saving lives. You, we, we feed 50,000 meals to children every month in Zimbabwe. We have orphanage. We have children's feeding programs. We do these things. And I thought, you know, that's such a neat thing because Everybody in, everybody in this church does their part. Everybody in this church partners together. 
And this is exactly what the Lord is talking about, the, the blessing of the body of Christ. You know, the Lord says that we are one loaf of bread. That's, he literally says that we are, when we take communion. We are one loaf of bread. You know, normally when you do communion, uh, and we won't do it today because it would take so long, but figure, picture if you were in a home meeting. You would have one loaf of bread, one loaf of bread, and everybody would take his part out of that. And that's what this church does. This church, you know, we don't even, we don't even hardly ever take an offering, and yet you give. You, you give so that we can feed the hungry. You give so that we can buy ambulances. You give so that uh, we can feed children. You give so that our orphans have, have clothes and, and uh, our, our orphans in Haiti aren't the worst dressed going to school. They're the best dressed. And that's all because of... Of you and and I gotta I gotta say when I'm reading this and I'm studying this and I'm looking at this I'm thinking man I I, I am so proud I am so proud so when the Lord says here tarry one for another He's saying you know wait for your brother let's do this together let's eat together let's fellowship together whether we're rich or poor white or black or brown or young or old let's do this together. But it also says that we're to tarry one for another so that we don't do this just as a ritual. Now, I, I probably share too many things from my past that I should. But, you know, when I, before I knew the Lord, we all went, used to go to midnight mass because that was the place to meet so we could go out and party. Oh, don't look at me like that. It had no meaning whatsoever. And one of the main teachings in this is let's not just take the Lord's Supper because it's that time of the year. Let's not just do it in a ritual. Because if we just do it in a ritual, for this reason, that's why we're weak and we're sick and we're falling asleep. And I really believe this next year is a year of a great awakening in which there's going to be a move of God and revelations of God and signs and wonders and miracles of God, and God wants you to be a part of it. So before we take of the body and the blood, I'd like to ask you to close your eyes and just bow your head just for a moment. We're not going to ask anyone to do anything, but I want you to wait just a moment and ask yourself, Am I right with God? We're not just talking about going through a ritual and eating a little bread and drinking a little juice, but to remember that the body and the, and the blood of the Lord is a sign of covenant that he wants to love you and protect you, help you, but it's also us making a covenant with him that we will help him do whatever he calls us to do. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just say this with me. Say it out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. 
but I know this, you love me so much, you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price for all my sin. Right now, I receive, I rededicate my life to the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, would you give the Lord a clap offering and say how much you love him? Take your, did we pass it out already? You already have it, the little packets. Go ahead and open it up. Yummy, yummy. Now, remember that the first time we have this, it's called Passover. And Israel is about to be delivered from Pharaoh, from slavery, from cruelty, from poverty, and they're about to become the chosen people of God. And so when we do this, we need to realize what exactly is happening. So the first thing I want you to do is take your bread. Is it a bread or a wafer? It's bread. It's actually challah bread. And I want you to pull that out. And the night Jesus was betrayed, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And I'm just going to take one second here. Remember, everything the Lord teaches is physical and spiritual. So he's there and he says, this is my body. But many scholars say when John was teaching this in the Corinthian church and he took the bread where Jesus said, this is my body, he waved his hand over the people sitting and he says, this is my body. This is, this is my body. As often as you take this, remember me. Now, I know most of you came to the Lord walking on water, but I didn't come that way. I came in a drug addict, a heroin addict, an import-export salesman of natural substances out of Columbia, South America. And so when I take this and I realize that Jesus sacrificed his life and then he asked me, would you give your life to the body? You know, I say this all the time, and it's it, in Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? Coincidence. There's no word for coincidence. It's not a coincidence that God has brought us all together. It's not a coincidence that we're alive today. We're alive in the, the, the birthing of the greatest time in the history of the kingdom of God. And God wants us to give our lives as he gave his. He's come to make our lives every bit whole. How many believe that? He's come to make our lives whole in every way. He's come to defeat Pharaoh in every way. But you know something? The way that happens is through people. The way that happens is through people. God doesn't drop ambulances out of heaven. He speaks to us and we go and do it. 
God doesn't drop the food from our orphanages in Haiti or our feeding of our children in Africa. He asks us to do it. And so when the Lord says, no one takes my life, I give it. I pray that that will continue to be the call of this ministry. Whatever he tells us to do, do it. And he's come to give us life and life more abundant. There may be areas in your life this year that God, boy, the devil just took a shot. As we take this, remember, this is a promise of our future. And I want you to agree with me as we pray over this, that God is going to make your life whole this next year. Maybe it's your home, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your children, your grandchildren, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your health, whatever it is. This next year is going to be our best year so far. Do you receive it? So let me pray over this. Look at me. You know what that Blessed are Lord God, King of the universe, who brings our bread from the ground. God doesn't bring bread from the ground. It's a statement of saying, you know what? It may have been hard as a slave in Egypt, but this next year is going to be easy and blessed by God. Do you receive that? This next year is going to be an easier year than you've ever had before. Blessed by Almighty God. How many can say amen? Let's take together. In Judaism, when you're celebrating the new year, you would normally take the bread and dip it in honey. And that's so that you can say, you know, bread is a symbol of God's provision. God's going to provide for you. And this next year, as he provides for you, it's going to be a sweet, sweet year. It's going to be a sweet year. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a sweet, sweet year. Amen. And then you take the wine or the grape juice, and Jesus said, as often you drink this, remember me. This is a symbol of a fresh covenant. Jesus shed his blood how many times? Seven times. He shed it in the garden to buy back our willpower. He shed it at the cross, I mean, excuse me, at the whipping post to buy back our health. He shed it with the crown of thorns to break the curse of poverty and release the blessing of prosperity. Let me, let me, let me, you're awful quiet, so I got to get an amen out of you. How many could use more money this year than you had last year? And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. He shed it in his hands that every, everything you put your hands to, it's going to prosper. Shed it in his feet. Every place you go, every place you go, he's going with you. And every place you put the step of your foot, he gives you it as an inheritance. Shed it in his side, and out of that wound came blood and water. He's come to heal the brokenhearted. What Satan's meant for evil, maybe the devil's attacked you. What Satan's meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. And then he stomped on the devil's forehead, and he wounded his heel, and he took the keys of life and death. He took the keys of the kingdom. He took the keys of the kingdom. What do keys do? They open and they close. Look at me. Whatever you bind on earth, devil, I bind you. 
Can I be silly for a moment? My, we're dog people. I, if you're not a dog people, this doesn't make any sense to you, but we're dog people. And my, my Rottweiler, he's just a giant teddy bear. For a month, he's been sick. Losing weight, took him to the vet. They can't figure it out. Took him to the vet again, and we don't know. And so the last few days, the families got together. They lay hands on his, his big black head. And I looked in his eyes, and I said, devil, I bind you. Is that okay to tell you that? Get your hands off of my Rottweiler. And you know what? He's eating again. Last two or three days, he's eating again. He's gaining weight. Aviva came over. He jumped on the couch with Aviva. Listen to me. Whatever you bind. No, you're not hearing it. This is a symbol of your future. Is the devil blocking something that Jesus has already paid for by his blood? then you need to rise up. You know, we were talking in the back, and I don't know if you heard that they, were, they stopped a terrorist attack in France. They stopped a terrorist attack in Germany. And Pastor Troy said they stopped a terrorist attack in Uganda, in Ghana. And he said the Christians heard that they were going to attack, so the Christians attacked them. I got no problem with that. It's time to rise up instead of, you don't beat a bully by doing this. You beat a bully by doing this. And it's time that you did that to the devil and say, devil, I bind you. You're not attacking my home, my family, my children. Get your hands off of my stuff. Get your hands off of my blood-bought life. Amen. And whatever you loosen, I loosen on you this year joy. I loosen on you divine health. I loosen on you prosperity. I loosen on you and your home peace and happiness. I loosen on you victory. I loosen on you to be the head and not the tail. I loosen on you to be above only and not beneath. I loosen you to be more than a conqueror. If you receive that, somebody shout amen. That's what this is all about. Jesus shed his blood to redeem us, to reconnect us, to re-see us as children of the promises of God. And I don't know how close we are to the rapture. I think we're closer than we realize. I, I, and I'm not saying that, just to say it. I really believe we're closer than we, we can even imagine. But I will tell you this. When the rapture takes place, we're going out. We're not going out bruised, busted, and disgusted. We're going out a glorious bride without rink, without spot. We're going out victorious. Can I have an amen? So lift up your little juice thing there. Huh? Your little chalice, your little plastic chalice. And let's say the blessing. And remember, this is a sign of the blood covenant. David said, who is this to Goliath, this giant? Oh, I'm just little David. Look at this giant against my eye. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this 
this enemy who has no covenant with God. You have a blood covenant through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, which means we are more than conquerors. You receive it? Lakaim. The Bible says in Psalms 103:45, wine make brings cheer to the hearts of men. Now that doesn't mean you go out and you're dancing on the table. We got tis to stop doing that in the restaurants. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. But you think about it. When you understand the covenant through communion, it brings cheer to your hearts because if God be for you, who can be against you? And let me leave you with one last thing. I was thinking about, I mean, there's so much to teach in this. You know, at a wedding, at a Jewish wedding, at a wedding that we'll, we do here, you always take the wine and it's a sign of covenant. The bridegroom's part, the bride's part. That's the way a covenant works. Two sides, not one side, two sides. God's part and our part, right? And I thought about in the Bible, let me, let me, see, let me give you a, a quiz. In the Bible, what's the most, besides the wedding supper of the Lamb, what's the most famous wedding, let me give you so, that Jesus attended? the wedding of the Cana, in Cana. And Mary comes to Jesus and says, they're out of wine. The, 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 if, if we don't have more wine, the party's over. And Jesus says, what do I have to do with you? And just like a, any mother, a good mother goes, ignores her son and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. There's a word for us. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Because he's come to give us life and life more abundant. And Jesus turned the water in the wine. And they said something, and this is the word I leave you for going into next year. He saved the best for last. Usually it's the best at the beginning. But with Jesus, look at the beginning, the apostles and the signs and the wonders and miracles. But God says to you and I, I'm saving the best for last. This next year is going to be an amazing year. How many received that from the Lord? Would you stand with me all over the building and we're gonna close in prayer. And as we're getting ready to do, first off, give our great musicians a round of applause. You guys were phenomenal. You guys were phenomenal. And you know, JP's not here. He's watching from Brazil. JP, you're fired. <laughs> I have to say it. I had to say it. Wouldn't be Christmas without it. Oh, we're going to light the candles. Oh, I didn't know we had those. Okay. Candlelight communion. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We are, I believe, heading into the most challenging, 
and the most amazing time in the history of the kingdom of God. But I know this, we go out a glorious bride. Look at me one second. Don't be ashamed of being a Christian. Don't be ashamed of loving Jesus. Don't be ashamed of believing the word of God. How are we gonna light these? Uh, I wanna ask this, do we have, okay, don't use your own cigarette lighter. It ruins it. But can we, don't light it yet, hold on. Can we dim the lights in here? Can we do that? Where are we gonna start, John? What about this side over here? Okay, what I want you to do is turn, when you get yours lit, turn and light someone next to you because that's what God has called us to do. Can we turn the lights down even more? Is that possible? The only way darkness wins is in the absence of light. So wherever you go, bring that light of God. Are we gonna sing a song? What are we singing, sweetheart? Oh, holy night, come, come. Oh, 
Oh, man. 